Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the one and only show on the internet where we dare to talk about topics that no one else in the media will touch, like what's on television, what's in the movies. What are we reading? These kinds of piercing things that you can't get anywhere else. I am Dan Suck, the editor of winteriscoming.net, and I am here from my parents' house for the holiday times, broadcasting live, and I am here with uh, Fansite's own Sabrina Reed, co-host for the week. Sabrina, how are you doing? I am doing well. I'm excited to be on the pod. Thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad you're here. Um, and where are you around the Fansited family network? Where can people find you? What's your expertise? Everywhere, um, mostly Netflix Live, and Lovely. hidden remote, and uh, like I dabble on in Dark Matter the Fourth. Not like huge big Star Wars nuts. I do write for the site. And the reason you're on this week is because, as I understand it, you are a fan of the Netflix fantasy Henry Cavill wears a long white wig program, The Witcher. Yes, yes, I am. So season two was like a buffet for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it came out uh, this past week and this episode. I mean, I'll say like this season, there's been shows, movies every week without fail. It's like we had a thing on The Expanse. The the Spider-Man movie just came out. We got The Witcher. We got the book, we got the book of Boba Fett next week. They are not letting us rest. It, it, it's no. all in one like month long period. And um, I'm sure that's great for folk who are like taking time off for holidays. But people who are covering this stuff, it's very exhausting. So, Very, I've missed so much. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to catch up <laughs> over the holidays. It's going to be, I mean, that'd be nice too. But yeah, today's episode is pretty much, we'll talk about other things, of course, but going to be a deep dive into The Witcher Season 2. It's a fantasy podcast. It's obviously a fantasy show made in sort of the wake of, um, my theory is that Game of Thrones happened and it was such a big thing. And then other places like Netflix, like Amazon said, let's find other book series that are also kind of fantastical with the swords and the monsters and the breastplates and the horses 
and kind of get our own thing. Like Amazon has the Wheel of Time, Doug has the Witcher. And this is like kind of out there. And it's fun to see now we're really in the thick of the post Game of Thrones fantasy uh, smorgasbord. So how did you find The Witcher, Sabrina? I like The Witcher season two. I think it's better than the first season, uh, mainly because you can follow the timeline better than you could from um, season Uh one. And I think it has a more, I think that's a more central plot. Like it centers theory better until everything else sort of revolves around her, which worked better than sort of marauding around with Geralt and learning about Yennefer's backstory and her obsession with power. So now everything seems to be going towards something cohesive um, rather than the first season where it didn't really seem to be doing that. How did you like um, find The Witcher to start? Like, were you a fan of the books by... um... I can't say his name correctly, Andre Sapowski, or did you like find the Netflix show at some point, play the video games? There's quite a few ways to get into this series. Uh, I think I really just saw a trailer, if I'm honest. I mean, I've read 20 to 40 pages of The Last Wish, didn't like it, because mm-hmm. um, I have to watch the series, right? It's, it's slow, and I couldn't get into it. I did make myself read it. I, I'm three books in. It's not my favorite book series ever. I mean, it is like written in Polish and translated to English. That could be part of it. Like the, the prose, I don't, I have kind of hard time getting around my head. But um, the series is definitely, I mean, a contender. Like it is a hit. People like this show. And by the way, we have some commenters. Hey, everybody. Thanks for watching us. We got Nicole saying, I'm correct. There is a jumble of Anderson Super Show stuff going on right now. Thank you, Nicole. As Julia says, I really like The Witcher, and I'm glad we watched season one. And Nicole says, I watched one Twitch before Will the Time ended, and now I'm confusing the two. <laughs> Which is, yeah, definitely. Good. Again, it's like all these fantasy shows on. That's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and they almost like the same universe. I'm liking The Witcher better than Wheel of Time. I'm the opposite, Nicole. And I'll tell you why. Like, I'll be honest, Sabrina. I... I like fantasy in general. I, I, I'm i a fan. Like, get a, someone on a horse with a sword and have someone go, like, pew, pew, pew with their hands, and I'm pretty much there. I uh, enjoyed-ish The Witcher Season 1. The timelines I thought were pretty stupid. Um, just, just, just a bad idea. I didn't like it. I, it felt okay. like... Like, an example. So, like, you, you know, like, the first episode, um, it's, like, the fall of Sintra, and... Uh, there's like a big dramatic scene where Siri's grandmother kind of commits suicide and falls off the window. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a huge moment for her. But the problem is, who is this lady? Who is this woman? Like, I have no idea her. who she is. So why are you showing us this now? And then, like, you get to meet her later. And then I get to know her. And I'm like, OK, Nick, kill her. Kill her now. Now you do it. Like, the whole thing. This was, I thought, a really bad idea. It wasn't my only problem, though. I also, um... The Witcher kind of gives to me, if we're talking like kind of Game of Thrones comparisons, it kind of it kind of gives me. Um, there's a lot of cheese involved in The Witcher. I think it's junk food fantasy. Yeah. Yes, yes, it is junk food, and, and that's and that's perfectly great. I, I I I don't know. I think there's part of me that like wants the next Game of Thrones, which is a little bit more. I mean, I don't want to slobber on Game of Thrones too much either. Like just a bit more. I think some folk want it to be a little more high-minded. Like, this is the, this is the thinking uh, fantasy show. Prestige fantasy, yeah. There you go, prestige, exactly. And I don't really think it's that. And once I kind of relaxed into that, I enjoyed the show a lot more. Because, like, if, if, if I go in kind of expecting to be prestigious, then we have, like, Jaskier, you know, making really modern-sounding quips, like Joss Whedon quips, and it takes me out of it, or... 
you know, we have like nudity for in the first season. It's, it's not so bad in the second season. Um, so I enjoyed it once I learned how to watch it correctly. Does that make sense? It does make sense because you like, I think it's a little abrasive isn't the word, but like you do have, if you went in thinking it was going to be like a hero's tale that's shot beautifully and like you like a really, really gripping story that's going to like break your heart, like with um, political intrigue and, and like time transcending romance, like it has that, but it's not really focused entirely on that. Like it's not going to yeah. sweep you away, but you are going to enjoy it. Yeah. And I did. I found a way to enjoy it as I, uh, as I'm going to do it. So what do you think, um, did, did anything about season two stand out for you? Any highlight performances, moments, anything like that? Oh God. Um, I love gruff action dad. So like the thing I was excited about the end, like for mm-hmm. season two was just that Siri and Geralt were going to have to like figure out what their relationship dynamic is cute. going to be. And like, is he going to be a good father? Is he going to be a bad father? I mean, I liked <laughs> the sections with the witchers. I thought they were sort of an afterthought, but like as far as giving Siri a found family, it worked for me. And then I love anything Jennifer, even though I didn't quite care for her storyline this season. Yeah. So Yennefer is played by Anna Charlatra, who the cast is all very good, especially Henry Cavill. I, I I think he's probably the best one there. Like, he seems so committed. Like, he's in these silly yellow eyes and this stupid white wig. But, like, I don't care. Like, I look at him and he grunts and he kind of, like, has this kind of set composure on his face. And I buy it. I, I, I just mm-hmm. buy it. Um, it has it really good, too. He, like, Yennefer losing her powers for a whole season smells of hackery to me like <laughs> why it smells of like we needed something to do with her for a season and we couldn't think of something that actually pushes her to a new area so just take away her powers and just throw her out there which is not from the books by the way they, they added that they change all i'm not sure if you care but um they ch- like they change so much from the books it's it's barely the books which doesn't really oh, wow. matter. I mean, you know, you change whatever you want. I mean, it's like if like Game of Thrones adapted things pretty close, like in terms of the books, and then Wheel of Time is a little further afield. The Witcher is like, <laughs> you you glanced at this once and then kind of like <laughs> did your own thing, didn't you? Okay, I get that. I did read a Polygon article that was talking about that. I mean, like one of the things I think is happening with the end of her character in the series is that like in the first season... Um, there's a big thing about her being upset that one of the, what she had to give up was, was her ability to have children. And it was something mm-hmm. that she didn't, she didn't initially care about as much until time passes. And then she realized she does, she might want a child, but like having her lose her powers this season gets her to a place where she can see that she's powerful even without magic. But the thing yeah. about it is it's the whole season. And then like, it's like the pacing is off because she only gets there about two, like, the last two episodes she realizes this like and so there's just not enough time to really care about that storyline and the way they want you to care about that storyline yeah they want to have sprawl again like i think a lot of these shows are kind of kind you you can like tell where they're taking cues from game of thrones because they want Mm -hmm. to have like these several storylines going on at once even though, again, in the books, it's it's pretty much just Geralt in the books. Um, so, w- w- were you invested, for instance, in the whole storyline where Fringilla Vigo is teaming up with this elven leader, Francesca, who's going to have a baby? Because I found those bits 
interesting, like kind of intermittently, but I, I find those kind of easy to tune out of at some time. Um, I think Fringilla as a character was strong this season, not necessarily the storyline all like as a, all the way through. I like the elves because I like elves in general, but there's this weird thing I don't like that fantasy does, which is like the whole this is an allegory for what happened to Native American people in the U.S. And mm. so now we're we're going to put this onto a fantasy and we're going to talk about it, but we're going to be really, really clunky in a way that doesn't serve the story. And that's what happened in The Witcher season two. I was like, it's, I kind of wanted to shave that storyline off of the plot. Because you can't do a serious subject like that justice in a fantasy pew pew monster killing thing, right? Mm. Like. I'm not sure you have the the kind of writing dramatic heft to honestly take on an allegory about the Native American genocide in the U.S. So should you really be trying? <laughs> like, maybe it's best if you stick to something else. Or if you want to make a, a movie about the Native American genocide, like, make that movie. Like, make like devote yourself to that and make that. But don't kind of, like, half-ass it and put it in here where it's sort of, like, nodding toward it, which is sort of disrespectful to just because it deserves more than a nod. It's kind of how mm -hmm. I always feel about those kind of allegory things. But they do seem to uh, be tempted by them, don't they? A lot of these yeah. uh, fantasy authors. They do, and that's what's happening in like season two. I, maybe it'll get better in season three. I, like they, they planted the seeds and they expanded upon that. And I was like, I just, given the ending of it, which I don't really want to spoil, but like a choice that Francesca makes is like a yikes level of a decision is that was some like to... old testament stuff at the end there yes it was it was very moses and egypt and i was like oh, very much we cannot come back from this and i don't know where the story is gonna go with this other than straight to hell so <laughs> <laughs> yes it, it is it, it's always again like this kind of show where it's um there's like this camp factor to it where you again like have um you know jaskier taking a shirt off in the river and changing for no reason in particular. And, um, you know, the big like tree monster you're going to fight. And then yeah, you lucky. have like, which I, I did like, I will say my favorite part of the season was probably the monsters. Um, I liked when the show just kind of took a break and got creative. Like I thought they were pretty inventive and fun to watch. Like I liked the giant tree monster. I liked the huge centipede thing. I liked the flying beast. Um, did you like the Khaleesi moment that that theory has? Which 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 one? Oh wait, there are like like a few. Um, the ending one where they kind of just come up behind her and like tear the mess out of of Morhen. Is that like when she's possessed or whatever, and yeah. uh, she's at the tree and she's all like kind of waving and the the wind machine's working and her hair is going on like this? No, the portal one when the monsters come out behind her and they kind of just oh that. right, that was nice. Yes, yeah. But, see. That's fun. I I I like special effects and I like all the um the, the high energy that brings. And I'm like, I can like take or leave the dramatic bits, I guess. <laughs> Shall we look at some comments? Because there are some good ones uh, being uh, put in. Uh, Nicole and Julie have high hopes for House of the Dragon. They don't think anything's quite equal to Game of Thrones yet. I tend to agree, but you know, we can get there. Uh, Nicole wa wants Henry Cavill and Roseman Pike together in one fantasy show. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. Those are the two strongest actors on those shows. Um, yeah, this, 
I think that The Witcher is a little more invested in its supporting cast than The Wheel of Time is in people not named Roseman Pike. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> but I don't think either has like that cast. I fall in love with every single one of them quite yet, but they're trying there. And The Witcher is trying. As Saul says, The Witcher, the Witcher improves in the last episodes, which I do agree with. Um, the first season, too, I kind of like the first big chunk. I was like, this is interesting and then i kind of got into it the the final two that kind of happened here again i think they're good on the like uh the climax yeah and yeah. we got julie saying elves are so cheeky the elf on the shelf i have for my granddaughter gets into all <laughs> kinds of mischief julie davies and excellent uh ooh, uh kind of elves oh this one last one christian asks and uh sabrina you can answer this is it just me or is dan channeling a little hans gruber with his look uh for diehard season uh, I don't know. I would have to know what Hans, who Hans Gruber is. I'm sorry. Alan like, Rickman. Okay. Oh, I see it. I see it. I agree. I agree. Oh, cool. yeah. I am of German ancestry, uh, Christian. Maybe that's where it's coming from. He was the character uh, for, for Die Hard. He had a German accent. I can't do it. I won't try one here. Um, but yeah, uh, any other thoughts on The Witcher Season 2? Does it make you excited to see The Witcher Season 3? Are you still invested? Are you still in? Yes, because I want Yennefer to be a gruff action mom and she's not there yet. She hasn't earned that, um, but she's going to be. I, I'm not sure how invested I am on the whole series, the chosen special one who's going to bring either destruction and order or like the hellion group of skeletons to, to There's the There's always a chosen one, isn't there? There always is, and it's, it's hit or miss on whether or not it's good. Like it can't all be Harry Potter. Like. To Wheel of Time, too, is, is a chosen one narrative. They're so common in fantasy, which, again, w was one of the things Game of Thrones was kind of fun for. Like, there wasn't really a chosen one. And when mm -hmm. there was, she burned down a city and killed everybody, um, which is a little flip. Uh, <laughs> so, but these are all a, a little more traditional. I enjoy a good chosen one narrative. I like Harry Potter, but it's the next guy. Um, Lord of the Rings, too, kind of like subverted it, where the chosen one's are off doing this thing and the little tiny folk no one cares about are walking into mortar with the ring and tossing it in. So I feel like we're getting more traditional chosen one narratives lately, but I mean, they're fun. I enjoy it. I mean, the matrix coming back. It's like chosen one narrative. Um, I'll watch the new one too. How do you feel about like the expansion into a whole Witcher cinematic universe they're doing? Because they have an anime movie out. They have a live action prequel series that they're mounting for next year. They got another movie coming. Like, they took this thing from zero to cinematic universe really fast. They did. And I'm, I'm I won't say I'm nervous about it, but I'm also like, I don't know how invested I am, invested I am in it. Like, I think I'll check out Blood Origin just because of the L, but I'm not like sold on it yet. I mean, like, Michelle, yeah, looks great. And oh, yeah, that's all course. I thought I got for that one. I don't know about the kid-friendly anime series that they're doing oh yeah the kid-friendly witcher show which seems a little bizarre i mean yeah. i wonder if they're overestimating the intense interest in this i mean the, i guess i wonder if the numbers are like so spectacular they have no choice but to do this but uh we'll cross that bridge when we come to it and by the way folk will come tell my haircut definitely a new haircut for christmas before the year ends my haircut has not changed i think it's the new angle everybody i'm at a new location with a new um over the head angle and it's making you see me in a new way. And I hope a you appreciate <laughs> in a brand new light. Yes. And uh, I think it's making you. It's, it's just me. It's just me, everybody. It's, it's, it's the same old guy. Same old um, brown hair. Hans Gruber. Can't do a German accent. Damn. 
So yeah, The Witcher 2. Not bad. Um, not my favorite. I like the I'm liking the Wheel of Time a little better. Are you watching Wheel of Time at all, Sabrina? I'm not. It's one of the things that's on my list. I have I need to like actually I mean, write yeah. down the list. But like with it's Wheel of Time, Hawkeye, I'm sure some other things that I'm not thinking about right now, but I'll get to them eventually. Eventually. Yeah. Uh I, I have the exact same problem, so it's gonna happen. And thank you everybody for complimenting my haircut. And I am home for the holidays, Christian. This is my parents' basement. All right. So sh- shall we move on? Or do we have any final closing thoughts about The Witcher? Uh, season three can come whenever it wants. That's all I got. I think it'll come. Well, I mean, God, it's so weird because, I mean, I'm sure they want it out next year. And I think they're going to start up pretty soon. Mm-hmm. But and the reason this season was so delayed was because pandemic happened and no one knew what to do. And they had to, like, work through all that. They, like, have that stuff in place now, the kind of, like, the the runway and the processes. But now that Omicron is happening, it might mess us up again. So um, Hmm. we'll just wait and see what happens with the next seasons of, like, every show out there. Especially these big, expensive fantasy ones. Hmm? They did it as a maybe 2024. (laughs) 2024. Okay. Something else we have to talk about because it is setting records and busting ceilings everywhere is Spider-Man No Way Home. The third and maybe but probably not final Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland is bowed in theaters. And speaking of pandemic, I mean, there's one happening. Folk don't want to get close, but this movie not only made far and away the most money of any movie during the pandemic, only at theaters. But it made great money for, frankly, any time of anywhere. Like, it almost equaled Avengers Infinity War, I think. Um, This is insane. Like, this thing is huge. And I'll admit right now, uh, I haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen it yet. If anybody out there, have you seen it? Did you like it? Let us know. But we had to address just the furor over it. Why haven't you seen it yet, Um, Sabrina? Because obviously... We're in this sort of industry, but we should maybe have our nerd cards revoked if we haven't seen this thing yet. God, no one's allowed to take my nerd card, but we're saving it for Christmas <laughs> over here. So I've, I'm I, uh, today was the first day that I logged in to Twitter and it was just a tweet about this podcast and I immediately logged back out. I have, I mean, I know some things because they're like some really terribly held, like, oh yeah. <laughs> like secrets about what happened especially for us like if, if you work in our industry like yeah you you know basically who's showing up like there's no yeah. way to avoid it um i'll be i mean as nicole says she saw it spider-man was good but wasn't blown away looking very for dr strange movie uh nicole can i ask did you um like all the cameos because this movie is the reason it's gotten so much hype and i think the reason so many people are going to see it is because it is a celebration of basically the last 20 years of spider-man movies and we have just from the trailers alone we got villains come back we got uh willem dafoe back with his like grand canyon face as as the green goblin we got um uh, i'm trying to remember everybody's name Dr. Octopus, Alfred Molina back in his suit. We maybe have some past Spider-Man, maybe not. Who can say? We know, but we can't say. I I wonder if the movie is going to be kind of like all remember when this happened in place of like a good story, you know, but people seem to love it. So probably it's probably pretty good by itself. I'm going I'm to go in with positive thoughts because like, people do seem to love it. I mean, I don't mind a very fan service heavy Mm -hmm. 
movie, but like as someone who watched the movies, like um, and the different versions of Spider-Man and the different oh, yeah, villains and whatnot, um, that doesn't bother me. But I do wonder if like you're a Spider-Man fan who just watched the Tom Holland movies, if you're like, okay, this is great, but like, huh. what is this version of Peter Parker doing? Like, I'd rather focus on where we are currently than where we were 20 years ago. Yeah, I agree. I, I wonder, but again, I mean, again, like the movie is so successful. Obviously, whatever they did, it worked. To get folk yeah. in there, so they must be getting something out of it. Although I like Nicole's comment, she thinks it was very cameo heavy, and I think they relied on that too much. The plot was very back and forth, and again, mm. um, it, it's hard for us to comic. We haven't seen it, as Christian says, older people to see it and loved it. I'm waiting because my wife would kick my butt to see it without her. Good call. I'm gonna go next week, I think. Uh, when I we have some days off here, I'll just stick in the theater during the day, that'll be fun. Um, I, I mean, I skipped Eternals. I'm starting to get some Marvel fatigue here. Because mm-hmm. do you realize they had five TV shows this year? Five TV shows: WandaVision, Falcon, Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, and Hawkeye, and then three movies: Shang Chi, which I saw and was like very whelmed by um, Eternal, which I skipped, and then this one. I can't not see this one. It's too talk about. It. It's too big. I will go see it. But I'm starting to resent Marvel's dominance of my time a bit. That's understandable. I mean, not only like they're dominating everybody's time, but like the pop culture mainstream in general, like you can't escape it. Like, and then mm-hmm. if you're not, it's not, I mean, a lot of cooler movies and television still exist, but like as far as like having conversations with people, it's very much, have you seen this? And if you haven't seen it, it's very much like, well, then you need to get a subscription, get a free trial, like watch it illegally <laughs> online. I don't know, but you need to, uh, to watch it. And people think. Oh, no, I know. But like that's what people say when they're in the office with you. Um, the views of Sabrina Reed do not necessarily reflect the views of Take the Black or fan side of any associated properties of media. But um, yeah, I mean, m- maybe you can do that. But I mean, yeah, there's no getting away from it. And what they're doing is working. And I want to go see it. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm glad the folks who have already seen it enjoy it. And I mean, like, I, I do like Willem Dafoe's voice and um, looking at his face and thinking like, um, how long would have those lines been there? Like, at least since The Deer Hunter. But uh, that's something I'll contemplate as I see the movie next week. Any other thoughts on that, Serena, before we move along? We're getting this thing, uh, get this train moving. Oh, I know. I just can't wait until Christmas so I can watch it. Good. All right. Uh, next up, this is a good top to bring up Will of Time again, because we have some comments about there. What are you watching, Sabrina, just in general? What are you watching out there, everybody who's watching us? And if I can, can I read a couple of Wheel of Time comments? Because I am watching Wheel of Time and, I'm, and I am quite enjoying it. Ooh, go ahead. As uh, Saul says, episode from last week of Wheel of Time was pretty awesome. And Julie agrees, getting better with each episode. And I agree with that, too. Um, the difference between, like, uh, the, the Wheel of Time and The Witcher are an interesting kind of side-by-side. Because they're both adapted from fantasy books that were published in the 90s that were kind of produced because Game of Thrones are hit. They want to go find something like that. To me, it feels like the Wheel of Time producers are more invested in the story they're telling. And I, I, I can feel like that they really want to do justice very badly by it. And The Witcher feels a little more like the showrunner is going her own way, which isn't a bad thing, but kind of... um making a bit more of like a pop fantasy modern take on it. And all the time feels a bit more uh, sweeping in a traditional sense while still adding quite a bit. I'm enjoying it more personally, but um, I guess it's nice if you're a fantasy fan, you have plenty to sink your teeth into if you want. And I did like that stuff so quite a bit. Okay. I mean, I mean, I can't speak on the real time, but I do agree with you on like the pop element. Of, of The Witcher. I mean, like, aren't all the trailers, don't they have, like, an alternative version oh of my God. a pop song? And then, like, the one, what Origin did. It, oh, it, 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 
it was Ellie Goulding's burn, but what if it was like a slow dirge? And I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm so tired of that. That was a lot, actually. There are like a lot of trailers. Whenever that happens, I'm like, oh, God, just you have like a composer. Have him write something for you. Why do you got to go rob Ellie Goulding's catalog? Why do you got to go do um, what if like uh, Royals by the who is that lady with the long, dark hair? Oh, Lord. Yes. Lord. There you go. Lord. But it's like a samba. Just like write some original music. But whatever. That's not, neither here nor there. <laughs> I don't know. Something will happen. Anyway, what are you watching, Sabrina? Uh, I am watching 1883 on Paramount+. Ooh. It is, well, I mean, it's in the title. It takes place in 1883. And it's a Western <laughs> <laughs> starring Sam Elliott, Tim McGraw, and Faith Hill. Um, I'm enjoying it, actually. I mean, Westerns, they're incredibly violent, which I think that will turn off some people. I mean, the opening of sure. it starts is a... Um, uh, one of the main, one of the main characters is in a face off with a Native American group who have attacked the um God what they called the wagon the covered wagon which sure. which had me like the wagon oh. train yes the wagon because they're on the Oregon Trail but um but I like it in the sense that it's sort of I've always liked Western uh, I am a little uncomfortable that like Tim McGraw's character James is a former Confederate soldier mm-hmm. I do want to know what they're gonna how I need a nuance understanding of his story um like i'm gonna move forward with it anyway because i like sam elliott and i want to know more about la monica garrett's character um who was a buffalo soldier i believe which is which is about um a black soldier group in um in the civil war and the union side of course but i'm um, like it's a yikes factor for me but taylor sheridan was like writing is intriguing Ooh. and then the cinematography is very sweeping i mean some people aren't gonna like the daughter's um purple prose narrative <laughs> <laughs> like she's like her voiceover is all through the thing and it's very, she's supposed to have a Tennessee accent and I don't know what that's supposed to sound like but a lot of critics have said it sounds put on so we'll see if it gets a little bit better as the episodes go on but I'm enjoying it so far my favorite of that was like um I'm not a big Walking Dead fan but there was like a character who had like a full southern like deep Georgia accent but the actress was British mm-hmm. and it just sounded bizarre but I'm not sure what uh <laughs> this person sounds like have you also watched um because this show is a spinoff of yellowstone right mm-hmm. or am i wrong no you're right it's the um it's like a prequel because it's how the duttons even got to montana which did happen in the 1800s ah. so it's connected um in the sense that like it, it's the dutton family but i did read that sam elliott would rather not refer to it as a spinoff even though it is okay uh, sam elliott <laughs> He thinks that because they're on parallel, it's not like a parallel track or anything. It's just that you can watch 1883 without having to watch Yellowstone. And I don't watch sure. Yellowstone. And I'm not sure if I even plan to. I mean, they're even on different streaming sites. Like Yellowstone is on um, Facebook. Yeah. yeah, streaming, like the licensing rights. So that kind of screwed people over a little bit. But like Yellowstone's on Peacock and then 1883 is on, on Paramount Plus. So I mean, if you okay. wanted to watch the actual like parent show, you'd have to watch it on Peacock or Paramount Network if you have that channel. Which nobody does. Um, I call bull on the whole, like, don't call it a spinoff thing. George R. R. Martin does the exact same thing with all the Game of Thrones spinoffs. Mm-hmm. He says, um, these are successor shows. Like, they're spinoffs. <laughs> Give me a break. Like, I'm not adding to my vocabulary just to make you feel good. Like, it's a spinoff. Get over it. But um, no, yeah. <laughs> I like Sam Elliott, though. I, his mustaches are very nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we get some comments. good comments here. As Julie says, if I was a Spider-Man fan... From what I've read about it, I think I would like it. I like Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Okay, Sabrina, really quick. Yeah. Um, do you think Tom Holland is the best spy- movie Spider-Man so far? Because I do. 
I do. I'm not. I don't think that's a controversial like opinion. I just really like he's very. He embodies like the awkwardness. Mm-hmm. Of Peter Parker really well. I like how young he feels. Yes, in the narrative. he has that definitely like young face. Yes, well, there's a moment in the first movie where I was like, oh my God, Peter Parker's a baby. Um, when like the, um, I don't remember if it, it's some type of shrapnel falls on him and he's right. like crying and he's struggling to lift uh, it up. And I was like, he sounds like a child, exactly how Peter Parker is supposed to be. And it makes right, you yeah, like, he does a great job. Yeah, really realize how young Peter is supposed to be. I also recall that moment, like, I think, I'm not sure what movie it was in, where he's like a baby in a school bus and he like takes his shirt off to change into the thing and he's like this ripped 25 year old. And like, that doesn't, you don't look, you're, you don't look 16, but with the clothes on, he looks perfect. He does. So I, I, I mean, think when they do that, it breaks the illusion. But other than that, <laughs> <laughs> okay, what else we got here? Uh, Christian Walken, Hawkeye, and Dexter. Hawkeye is wrapping up too. Watch that. To, I'll, I'll watch the finale later. I couldn't find time today, but I tonight. Zach and Nicole, you and me, we'll finish it tonight. As Christian says, always wants the Dragonlance Chronicles picked up. You know, again, and I always say, Christian. I mean, it. It'll. I give it good 50-50 odds with everybody producing all these um, fantasy shows, but we'll have to wait to see. Julie says, if I only had to choose one to watch, just a moment, I choose Will of Time. Julie, I am with you. Oh, Deadwood. Can't go wrong with that. Tom is great. Toby was good, too. And Natalie says, Dexter and Yellow Jackets are so good. I've not watched Yellow Jackets. Although, before we move on, I have to say, speaking of kind of controversial things that I really liked. Okay, Sabrina, um, I saw West Side Story and I literally cried. Like, um, I really liked it. It was so nice. It was so good. Um, I like musicals, and it's modern movie musicals are so often crap Mm -hmm. that it was just so refreshing to go in and get a movie musical where they actually seem to know a little bit of what they are doing. And, like, they choreograph things correctly, and the cast can actually freaking sing. Like, I'm still smarting from that Les Mis movie where Russell Crowe can just croak out this horrible auto-tune mess and pass off a set. And they just let that happen. And they they just, for this movie, they got singers and they respect the material. And Rita Moreno sung somewhere and I was getting teary. I didn't think I would. I I really liked it. I'll probably go back and see it again. (laughs) That's always so great when it's done to justice. As Christian says, it's a website story. Christian, I mean, I'm not sure if you're into this kind of stuff. I lo- I love the hell out of it. Um, I think it's not doing too well because it's a hard sell musicals, but that's a shame. But um, yeah, I liked it a lot. <laughs> it's kind of all I have to say about it. All right. Anything else any of y'all are watching or anything you want to say before we want to do our final segment? Uh, let's see. I'm not watching it now because it's not on yet, but like just to plug it, The Cleaning Lady, uh, January 3rd on Fox. It stars Elodie Young. You'll know her as Electra on Daredevil. Oh, sure. Um, she plays um, a cleaning specialist who's a former doctor who's in the U.S. She traveled from the Philippines to America for the healthcare system. However, like I think her green card is expired. She's actually in the States undocumented now. Um, and she gets into a tangle with I don't want to call them mobsters, but they're criminals of some kind. Uh, and she witnesses a murder and she cleans up the, she has to clean up the crime scene. And because she does so well, the guy decides to hire her and he's going to take care of her child's like medical needs. And now she's stuck in the criminal underbelly. And I'm just like, it's going to be fantastic. I'd watch that. But that's like a pretty, this is a good premise. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Soul says, haven't seen this version yet. So you, oh my God, see it. It's so good. Um, I recommend it, everyone. That sounds pretty good. Watch that on, Sabrina. Fox. It's on Fox. Fox. It'll be January cool, cool, cool. 3rd is when it comes out. Lovely. All right. 
And I'm I'm kind of looking forward to the Book of Boba Fett like a bit, but um, meh, not that much. <laughs> I'll watch it. <laughs> and shall we move on to our final segment, the Wick News Lightning Round? Tonight, tonight, we'll do Wick News tonight. <laughs> And uh, this is our segment where we go through several news stories. We couldn't fit into the main episode because we just have too much to talk about. And we give our 20-second reactions in which we boil down the correct opinions down to a brief window so you get all you need to know. Sabrina, are you ready? I am ready. Okay, let's hit it. I will go First, after I scroll down in the outline. Okay. <clears throat> Sabrina Reed. Shadow and Bone Season 2 for Netflix may start filming in January. Thoughts? My thoughts are, it's about time. And <laughs> <What>? they <laughs> start Kill filming. Um, I know, but like, it's probably not even going to make 2022. I mean, it's probably going to go to 2023, which is fine. But I just really want this series to be back. So the sooner they film, the better. Beautiful. Perfect. Under the time. Gorgeous. Okay, hit me. All right, so more cast announcements from Avatar The Last Airbender. We have our Azula. She'll be played by Elizabeth Yu. Uh, what are you are a fan of The Last Airbender at all? Yes, I am, actually. Azula's my favorite character. I think she's so entertaining. I love her from the show. And I'm getting excited for this. Like, it's kind of a dice proposition. Like, the original show is so good. Like, do we need a live-action thing? But now that they're casting, like, so many characters and they're really going for it, and they seem to be cast pretty well, I am getting sort of excited. Gorgeous. Okay. Uh, Sabrina, director Matthew Vaughn is planning a reboot of the very violent superhero film series, Kick-Ass. We don't need it. Um, We don't need it at all. I I mean, there is a market for irreverent, like, foul mouth superheroes. I get that. But, like, he wants to do shocking for shocking's sake. Like, he even said that, like, the lead actor or actress, whoever gets to play the new person, is going to be scared to do the role. I'm like, well, if it's career ending, then why do <laughs> I never saw that movie, but, um, yeah, there's seeming like, like, The Boys has kind of taken the, um, the violent superhero niche now. I don't know how much they can have, but where's we'll find out. I cheated. I cheat a lot on this thing and keep talking over. All right. Uh, hit me. Okay. So Sandman, Sandman is coming out soon. And that means we are getting a reprint of the comics. How do you feel about it? I love the Sandman. Um, I love that comic series. I read it a few years ago and it's very just wildly imaginative. So imaginative. I have trouble thinking of how they're going to adapt it to TV. And the more folk who read it and, and find it, even the show is bad the better. So I'm fully into this. I hope it's a big hit, and I hope more folk read the original text. That was pretty good. I think I got in there quite nicely. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Sabrina, Disney has dropped the trailer for Death and Death on the Nile, starring Gal Gadot and the embattled Army Hammer. Oh, God. It's another yikes. Um, it's beautifully shot, at least based on the trailer. The trailer is beautifully edited. They really tried hard to keep Army out of the trailer. Um, I just think, I mean, Godspeed to their marketing team and their publicist, because he the sexual assault allegations on that man, plus the, the whole cannibalism thing, too, it's a lot. That is one rabbit hole you don't want to go down lightly. Yeah, I'm, I have no idea how they're going to be able to market that at all. You're right. It's going to be tough, but I guess we'll see. Everyone tried, though. So, cut the beat. Uh, so, uh, House of Dragons is IMDb's most anticipated show of 2022. Is that surprising? 
Um, a little bit, honestly. I mean, okay, so there's this narrative that Game of Thrones, because of the last season, didn't, if other people were upset, like, felt kind of lost interest in it. Like, as someone who runs a site where we got a lot of traffic Game of Thrones, I know that's not true. So I guess mm-hmm. I wasn't surprised that House of the Dragon, the Game of Thrones prequel, is very anticipated and people were looking forward to it a lot, the most according to IMDb. Um, I think it's a good sign. I, I think it's a good sign this thing could come back very strong. I think I'm doing pretty good at it. Oh, usually I talk way too long. All right. <clears throat> uh, Sabrina. The Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi show with uh, Ewan McGregor and Christian is going to cast uh, Star Wars mega fans as extras. Fun, not fun? I mean, yay for the fans. I, um, I'm excited for them. I don't really have any opinion on it other than uh-huh. like it's, it's going to be great for them. Um, I'm sure people will start tweeting like, this is me. I took a picture like when it comes <laughs> out. What show would you be an extra on if you could? Oh, God, Riverdale. Like immediately be Riverdale. That'd be easy, too, because you just, like, put on some normal-ish clothes. You wouldn't have to like, get into, like, a robot costume or anything. So I'd want to be All a Riverdale right. cheerleader. <laughs> just put me in, like, one of the skirts and, like, the bobby socks, and I'm good. Yeah, I would, too. All right. And finally, okay, there's one more, right? Okay, so it's almost time for a new doctor. And Jodie Whittaker wants Lydia West, who um, is an, it's a sin to be the new doctor. Your opinion? Yeah, cool. I think it'd be a good idea to let... Each outgoing doctor pick the next doctor in Doctor Who. I think we get some fun casting choices that way. I think it would uh, go far field. We get a huge mix of different kinds of people in the roles. Um, I think they should just make the policy. I mean, Doctor Who feels like it's kind of like an enthusiasm deficit. And I guess we'll just have to leave it there because I can't say anything more. 20 seconds have passed. Okay, anybody else? Oh, comments on my singing voice. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And um, it's about all we have for you guys today. This is fun. Sabrina, thanks for coming by. Thanks for having me. I had fun. Whenever you want to talk about anything, like if anything interesting, sort of in our umbrella, or even like sort of just tangential to our umbrella, hit me up. I'd love to have you back. Because we're not just a podcast. We're a family here at Take the Black. <laughs> and we <laughs> It was fun talking to you, Sabrina. I hope we do it again. It was fun uh, for all listeners out there, we are off next Wednesday. Usually we stream this show every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time on the Winter is Coming, a Facebook page, and the Winter is Coming, a YouTube page. Next week, it's the holidays. It's the end of the year. So we'll take a break. Uh, no episode next Wednesday. We'll be back on January 5th with, I believe, a kind of end of the Wheel of Time season wrap up. See how that all shook out. Probably some Book of Boba Fett talk. Thanks for coming along with us this whole year. You guys have been great. It's been a strange couple of years for everybody. Um, us here at Fansided during the pandemic going in. A, I mean, we, we used to be in a studio. Now we're split screen most of the time, except when we're not. We might be in a studio again. I can't promise that, but uh, it's possible. So thanks for rolling with the punches. Thanks for a great year. Thanks for being for stopping by. And we will see all of you in 2022. Goodbye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.